Hello and welcome to the Fat Moon Podcast, a platform for creative therapists to connect and learn from each other. My name is Kirsty Green and I'm an art therapist with a passion for bringing together community. Each Fat Moon episode, I have the pleasure of interviewing a creative therapist from around the globe. The intention is to offer listeners insight into our peers' pathways, professions, and interests in methodologies. It's my hope that this podcast inspires and educates the collective by building bridges between our disciplines, settings, experiences, and our cultures. The Fat Moon podcast is created, recorded, and inspired on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And I pay my respects to elders past and present and to any Aboriginal people listening today. So welcome all. Please enjoy today's guest and our rich discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fat Moon Podcast. Today I have the pleasure of welcoming Alana Stewart, a art therapist and owner and director of Yellow Gum Art Therapy Studio, a person who's recently completed a certificate of forest therapy guiding and someone who's currently training a therapy dog named Evie. Welcome, Alana. Hi. (laughs) Hello. Hello. (laughs) How are you today? I'm pretty good, yeah. Yeah? It's um, Sunday afternoon here in Melbourne. It's pretty cold, so just packing up. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So, um we we can start if you want with um a little bit about yourself, your background, your current place of living and maybe your pathway or your journey to becoming a creative therapist. Yeah. Um So, I think my journey I think I should probably start um with that I've always been a creative person I've really loved art um throughout my schooling throughout high school that was really important to me and I spent many lunch times in the art studio upstairs with a wonderful teacher who who probably sacrificed his lunch times to sit there and supervise while we got to play around and I think that that time was especially um, very special for me and and that's when I thought where I kind of had the idea that I wanted to learn more about um, art and psychology and I went straight into a Bachelor of Arts psychology degree. Um, so my major was and I did a few like visual arts and media subjects and after that um, I wasn't quite sure what I would want to do if I was to continue um, studying psychology but I saw the Masters of Art Therapy program and I just knew like that is definitely something that I I can do that I want to do and I Mm -hmm. I went on to do that and and haven't looked back since. So <laughs> during that time, during that time, um, I 
also I did a lot of disability support work. So mm-hmm. um, both my parents have disability and and I've grown up with support workers in a family home. So it was quite normal for me um, and something that I was quite passionate about, um, giving person-centred support. And mm-hmm. so when I graduated out of the Masters of Art Therapy, I... Um, continued working with in the disability field and yeah so I work with a lot of people who have uh, different disability um, neurodivergence and um, trauma mental health challenges yeah Uh, and that was 2019 Mm -hmm. Um, that graduated and I graduated no probably 18 and then started working 2019 in my own private practice and then we had COVID and uh, so a lot of my um, first experiences as a therapist was during a pandemic. Um, yeah. It was interesting, had a lot of changes and by the end of the lockdowns in in Melbourne so we had one of the longest lockdowns in the world <laughs> I was yeah quite quite fatigued um, and I saw I actually no I started a group on Facebook called nature-based art therapy Australia and it has a lot of great art therapists but also different artists, nature practitioners, and mm-hmm. it's um, been a great resource there. And someone posted in there um, a course on forest therapy guiding with the International Nature and Forest Therapy Alliance, and they have trainings in a few places around the world. One of the places is Melbourne. And at that point, feeling really fatigued and um wanting something a bit new in life I saw that and I thought that looks great that looks like again something I really want to do and um yeah I went into that and took me a while to get through the course but finally I've just completed the very last assignment in that and I will be able to facilitate um some public walks soon which I'm excited about because it's such a lovely refreshing experience very positive for people congratulations on completing that yeah thank you yeah (laughs) so currently now you've got you've have the studio running so you're running your own private practice yes so I started with the my private practice called finding well-being and then um when I the studio space, um, which again was kind of created out of, it was the end of the lockdowns um, and looking for new things. And I found I was renting um, like one day a week at a psychology clinic and another day a week in a chiropractor and, and health clinic. And I thought, no, I don't really want to share space. Um, rooms anymore I want something different 
Um, and again, I think coming back to that place where I, I, f- I felt really nurtured to be creative in my high school art studio. So I wanted to make a space that felt like that again, going back to the art roots. And I found this beautiful room in Mill Park at, and it's an outdoor shopping centre called The Stables. It, it used oh, to be called yep. Stables and it was um, changed into shop, shopping centre. And it's a little upstairs room um, and it's got beautiful views of um, this tree that's outside and birds come and play in the tree and it's, you're really quite close up to all that. It's lovely. And, yeah, i got some big tables that we can spread out all the art materials and get really crafty. And whereas before mm-hmm. I was working on this very, very small oh, desk. Yeah. yeah. So that's been really great. And is that individual? Is that group? Is that what kind of sessions are you yeah, running out most- of that studio? mostly individual sessions um but I've um run a few groups I have a a craft group um where it's mostly or pretty much all neurodivergent youth um and I have did have a kids group running um but the interest for that has died down a bit I think because life is back to a really fast pace and I'm really busy and yeah yeah, um and someone else so other therapists rent the space on the other days when I'm not using it and um Isabella is running a mental health group on Sundays which I'm excited to have more offerings there for people amazing amazing and so you have you're running your studio. You've just completed the forest um, therapy guiding, which includes taking people on walks. Is that what I gathered? Yeah, yeah. So I can explain a bit more about that. Yeah, that um, would be great. So what forest therapy is is combining the science of like how the environment improves our health and our psychology um and also I feel like it's I guess a form of environmental activism as well because you're connecting people with this environment you're nurturing that um attachment to environment and and place and and um making people want to care more about environment as well um which is not something that I um, talk about when I'm conducting the walks but naturally that's what happens over the course of doing this, these walks um, the how I was trained was very much to give a bit of a talk presentation at the start about the health benefits and and how the walk is going to go it's usually about a group of say up to 10 people or something like that and you there's they've separated it into different um sections or activities so there's like a movement um process at the start start to help ground people but also to warm up 
your body, um, that's especially important if you have, say, people who have mobility challenges that might need a bit of a stretch to make sure that they're walking safely. Um, and then there's a lot of um, kind of slow movement and walking through the environment and really tuning in all your senses and taking in all those senses of things around you. So touching and feeling things and smelling things and um, sometimes sitting and we do this nice thing where we sit with a tree for a while and um, really get to know the tree very well but also um, yeah different sensory and creative activities along the whole process and it's really lovely people are generally I think surprised at at how much it it helps them really um, feel settled and grounded and, and how refreshing it is. Mm. Mm. Yeah, especially with that guide, I imagine, because we can all walk through a forest, mm. um, but with those little prompts that I'm sure you offer or those activities or suggestions, people might take it in a little more. Yeah. yeah. And it. where does Evie fit into all of this? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, Evie will work with me um, probably in the studio, maybe on some of the home visits that I do. So, um, yeah, we'll just see. So she's just in training. Uh, We go to group training once a week and we just started our individual training once every two weeks. And... um, she has to, I think, to pass, they have to have um, a good temperament to, well, to begin with. They have to uh, not be too excitable or not be aggressive but and enjoy um, meeting lots of people and getting lots of hats and attention. So she definitely checked that box already. <laughs> um, <but laughs> then lot very good behavioral training after that so sitting and staying and and if you tell her to go on her bed she'll go over there and then stay there until she's told she can come off and and that's important as well because I I might you know every client that comes in might not want to have this dog kind of jumping all over them all the time um of course she won't be allowed to jump but (laughs) <laughs> um, there might be a client that comes in in between some clients who really want to pat the dog all the time, but another client might not want that. So she's got to be well trained to kind of go and rest for that time when that client is in. Okay. Um, but I I probably will structure it where I have a the therapy dog day, and anyone who doesn't want a dog around on another yeah because everyone's different I suppose yeah did I hear you say you make home visits as well is that yes so I mostly started I started visiting people in their homes and providing art therapy um that's been really important in with the working with the disability community 
So I work primarily with people um, who have NDIS packages. So that's National Disability Insurance Scheme here in Australia. And um, the government provides funding to pay for different therapies and services to help people with disability have like a life like everyone else, I suppose. And um, some people can't travel. Um, some people can't leave the house who have disability um, because of maybe anxiety or mobility issues or fatigue issues. Um, and so traveling to them um, makes therapy actually accessible. So I've, yeah, I've done a lot of that. I only do it um, one day a week now. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's a good thing to be able to provide. It's a good way to get started as well as a private practitioner um, here in Australia. Um, and then getting a room later and because there definitely are people who don't want um who yeah who don't want home visits their house might mm-hmm. be a bit chaotic or they just want to leave their home to um have therapy yeah so yeah yeah sounds like you have a great balance of things going on during the week it's um yeah. it's really interesting yeah. Um, just wondering what it is you love about being an art therapist. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure there's many, many, many things. You know where my mind went to right then is um, one thing that happens when we've been really crafty on the table and there's so many materials to pack up. That's when I'm like, oh, I could have become a psychologist. but. <laughs> <laughs> No, I love, I love that I work with um, people who can have um, really quite severe and trauma histories and um, people think that, oh, that must be really, really hard. But, I, I mean, I suppose it, it can be. Um but we're not always talking over all the horrible stuff and I don't think that's the point of therapy anyway. We're we're creating things that fill them with joy and positive feelings and help connect them to that. So it can be a really um, nurturing thing to be able to offer, I suppose, yeah. And... Yeah, and I think I just love being surrounded by craft materials all the time as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's another thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, being able to, yeah, get excited about new crafty things and share that with people who also can, yeah, feel those, grow that, you know, joy and curiosity and all that good stuff (laughs) (laughs) and what about yourself like uh what sort of art are you making currently or what materials are you interested in oh so many (laughs) (laughs) so many I think that's that 
that's definitely another reason I've got a studio now. And uh, sometimes mm. when I take people around the studio, they're like, wow, you have so much stuff. I'm like, yeah, this used to be all in my house. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, Can you imagine? Yeah. I. I got a new sewing machine because my other one broke unexpectedly, but it was a, a donated one. Um, but I bought a nice new one, so I've mm. been quite interested in that. I've learned how to sew a bucket hat. <laughs> Amazing. I'm going to try um, do a few different designs, I think, and get the sizing right. Um, what else? Mm-hmm. I, I've always yeah. loved acrylic paints and painting, um, but I think really I, I'm a person who just enjoys lots of different crafts, um, and trying different craft things, which works really well with being an art therapist because then you kind of start to clue on like what different process might inspire a different type of person and you're always kind of ready for the unexpected maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and aside from art making do you have any self-care practices or rituals that you engage in to help balance yourself as a therapist and human being hmm. um Yeah, uh, I love my yeah. I love my garden. Um, I like doing gardening or just sitting out in my garden. I have a hammock, um, and I really like that. Also, I think training my dog actually has been, even though you could say it's work, it's been really rewarding and it's a nice. Um, change from the other therapy work which might be quite yeah I guess it gets tiring when you do it all week and there's been a lot of things happening yeah yeah um I love cups of tea I think just simple things like that making time for a cup of tea yeah 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 there's always time for a cup of tea yeah (laughs) um I go to pottery classes as well Mm. and so that's really nice um yeah are you working with a wheel or are you you hand building or both um I've done quite a few terms of wheel throwing and I've just started this year um, hand building. So I think I'm on term number two of hand building. And, yeah, I really enjoy that. So I think that's probably what I should have said before. What kind of art am I making? I'm doing pottery, of course. Yeah. You've said it. Here it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Working with the clay. Yes, gorgeous. I love definitely. Yeah. yeah. And so for our final question, do you have any advice for up-and-coming art therapists or 
therapists in general, what would what would be something that you'd mm. like to share? Yeah, I think um, one of my main pieces of advice was probably, is probably, um, when I got started with my private practice, I felt like, I, so I'm almost, I'm turning 30 very soon, so I'm still quite young um, mm-hmm. in the therapist mm-hmm. world. Um, and when I started a few years back, I really thought that I was too young, that I wouldn't be taken seriously, that um, people probably only want to have, you know, older, more experienced looking therapists. And that was completely wrong. There are so many people who want young therapists, um, for example, other young people and I hear from parents a lot that they tried their teenager with a therapist who looked much older and it just didn't connect and um, yeah so that's been really lovely and I'm still uh, young enough that I can speak the language or some of the language of the young people Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I know what they're into and what it's about and so yeah that's been helpful yeah okay so So you're never too young to become a therapist yeah yeah don't listen to any of that stuff because there's always clients out there who are looking for someone exactly like you and they don't just want like yeah one type of person yeah, all the generations. <laughs> yep, all the generations, all the um, cultural backgrounds, all the genders, everything. Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful advice. Thank you. Well, I look forward to hearing when your forest therapy guiding groups get running and I hope to join you. Oh, yes. We're both located yeah, in so the same city. Yeah, I will be looking for trails over winter. Okay. And um, planning it out, and hopefully, when summer comes, I'll be ready. Amazing, amazing! <laughs> I can't wait. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you so much yes. for sharing. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. For having this podcast, I think it's a great idea. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you for joining us today on the Fat Moon Podcast. It's my pleasure to provide space for us to listen and learn from each other. If you wish to support the Fat Moon Podcast further, please give the show a review and a like. You can also head on over to the Patreon page and check out other ways you can support this project. Any of the topics that we discussed today will be linked in the show notes and you can find all the avenues to connect with today's guest. Finally, if you would like to be interviewed or have a creative therapist you would like to learn more about, please reach out and send your suggestions. So until next time, thank you, take good care, remain curiously creative and remember to rest.